0: you're listening to the intellectual network at theintellectual.com. and now your host david dawson Welcome to The Intellectual, this is quite possibly episode two, might be episode three. I'm not entirely certain when interviews will go out in the various episodes, but joining me today on The Intellectual is my very good friend, Josh Bevier. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, Josh is going to be hosting a show for us up in Hollywood, Um, and why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what it is we've been talking about that you're going
1: to be doing. Well, um, I've been living in Beverly Hills and West Hollywood now for about four or five years. So I've met a lot of people, a lot of people in the industry, the film industry and people trying to make it people who have, you know, I guess, a a, a degree of success, but they're still shooting for bigger things. I guess we all are no matter how much success we achieve. But, um, so it's different people at different levels mm-hmm. of, of success. And so I'm just gonna maybe, uh have a show, just sit down talk with them. and I it's think really kind be- of focus in on,
0: on what it is to be a, I don't want to use the word struggling, but a, a working functional performer in the Los Angeles area, trying to break into the bigger business, mm-hmm. that sort of things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I myself have struggled with that uh, a little bit in my time and that's actually how you and I came to be friends. Um, a good friend of yours and mine, uh, um, what was it, Trisha Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, worked on What's the Vig with That's us. Right. What's the Vig's the uh, feature uh, comedy, independent comedy that I produced and uh, DP'd and edited here in San Diego back in 2005. And I believe you came out to see a screening of that up, at, uh, up in Hollywood when we were at the New York international film and television festival
1: yeah um i had been in an acting class with trisha prior to that and and in the the meantime i had moved up to long beach i believe and so uh yeah because you were living up there you weren't living down here okay yeah so when i found out she had a screening up there of a movie she was in i it wasn't too you know too much out of my way to head up to to la and check it out and get to see her again it'd been a while and then uh In doing so, I met a few people that were part of the cast and crew, including yourself. So you never know who you're going to meet and what what that's going to lead to, whether it's something uh, in the business or a good friendship you're Mm going to acquire. In our our case, it was both. In our case, both. Um,
0: Just, uh, you know, I I think anybody who first meets you, they would think, okay, he's been at this his whole life. He's been you know doing the LA thing whatever for a very long time but that's actually not the case you were on a completely different life path prior to coming to California right you you mm-hmm. were from Ohio originally
1: is that correct that's right toledo ohio um i moved out here in 2002 the well wow almost exactly 11 years ago i think it was the end of september and um yeah i was a mechanical engineer in my past life and had a house, was married in Ohio <laughs> like a whole different lifetime ago. And uh, yeah, I came out here, didn't know what I was going to do. I, I did some engineering for a short time out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I moved out here, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a job lined up. I fit what I could in my Honda Civic, made the trek across, found an apartment, had a little bit saved up and not much, so I had to find a job, I think, within about – two or three months, found a, a job in engineering. And uh, I didn't get into acting until a couple of years later. I just took an acting class in San Diego. I thought it'd be fun to meet people, mm-hmm. make some friends, you know, see if, see if I had any kind of talent at acting. <laughs> I'd, I didn't even do much in high school, even. But grade school, maybe, was the last time I had done some acting. So.
0: Well, having gone into engineering as your profession... Uh, pretty much right out of high
1: school, right? Like That's kind of completely the opposite spectrum from performer. Oh, totally. (laughs) I actually started taking college classes when I was uh, 15 or 16. In Ohio, they had this program that paid for your college if you wanted to take advantage of it while you were still in high school. So when I graduated high school, I only needed one more class to get my associate degree. Wow. I took total advantage of it. I went to school college full-time my last two years of high school.
0: Yeah, I was in all the advanced placement courses here in California, um, but I never bothered to try and test out of any of the college courses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably should have done, but I don't know. I was I was too busy uh, being rebellious and
1: not smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know you could test out of things. I never, yeah. I never knew that. This, this was actually, I was at 16, and the average age at the community college I went to was, I think, 28. So I was like, everybody was just looking at me. They thought I was some like brainiac, you know, Doogie Howser. Ent- and <laughs> it wasn't really that. It was just a new Senate bill that got passed that made it, you know, anybody mm-hmm. could really take advantage of it. Didn't have to be super smart. So when,
0: when you came here to San Diego and you decided to take an acting class, what what was the actual motivation to to kind of branch out and try something like that? When, say that again? When you, when you decided to take an acting course uh, here in San Diego, what, you know, what really motivated it, that move? It's was, so it, we- was it
1: as random as you make it sound, or was it, there... It really was. I don't even remember what. I think I was browsing the web, and, and I think I came across uh, Terry Ross as an acting teacher in San Diego. She had a class. It's called Acting Professionally. It's on screen. And I think I found her online. I don't know if I actively did a search for acting classes or if like maybe a pop-up came up, I really don't even remember that process, but it wasn't <laughs> like a, a big deal. I remember talking to her the first time and I was asking her about the class and I was like, is this class just for people who want to be like actual pr- professional actors? Cause I was like, I don't know if that's for me. I just, just wanna want to dabble." The and she's like, <laughs> yeah. And she was like, no, no, it's for ev- it's for everybody in between, you know, whether you mm-hmm. just want to have fun, if you want to, you know, do it as a hobby, if you wanted to, you know, see if, it was definitely for beginners, though. But mm-hmm. you know, different people had different aspirations with it. And I don't even, yeah, I don't even know where I really stood at that time. That was two thousand four. And what is your memory of that first experience? Was
0: it was it terrifying? Was it exhilarating? Like, how, it was, how, how did how did you
1: fit in? You know, it was really fun. I, I when we were a kid, we we always had cameras. My dad was into video cameras, so we we recorded things. We made our own, like the old thing where you'd you know stop, hit the stop button and then move out and hit record again. And the person disappeared, uh, yeah, you the, know, the jump cuts and we, stuff like that. Yeah. We, that's like all we did with those cameras all the time. So we <laughs> had, so, you know, I, I had fun acting as a kid and doing stuff on, on the, on our home movies. So then when I took this class, it was, uh, we would record scenes and then um, I think it was then the next week we'd come in and the first half of class, we'd critique it. She would critique it. You know, give us things to help. So it was really, for a beginner class, it was really great because it was, it wasn't, uh, it was mostly um, positive, you know, you did feedback you did, mm-hmm. this is what you do really well. You know, it really wasn't even much credit, negative, I mean, much credit, it wasn't even much criticism. It well, was I all think, very positive. I think that's
0: part of like beginning acting though, is like you have to get an adult to remember what it's like to play, right? Like, you know, you said you used to do that as a kid, just kind of naturally. It's organic. We all used our imagination, pretended to be other people, pretended to be monsters and aliens and cowboys and Indians and whatever. And we didn't care if the performance was accurate or not. We just wanted to have fun doing it. Yeah. That, that's kind of, I think, at the core of beginning acting. is like you have to get people out of their mindset and back into just enjoying their imagination again.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely what it was. It was fun. I, so I looked forward to class each week and then got got pretty close with Terry and some of the other students, including Trisha and people I still keep in touch with today. And that was in 2004, I think, so nine years ago. But mm-hmm. uh, And I only was in that class with some of those students for a short time, less than a year, I have to say. So really, but, when I first met you, when I met you up in L.A., um, you, you were— known as the showman and the showman (laughs) that was a nickname i got back in ohio yeah you know just and And i
0: I remember when i first met you i was like oh this dude's got his his shit together like (laughs) you know Showman. Yeah. I forgot about that. Maybe someday he'll act for me. I had no idea that you were only like a year into the process.
1: Yeah. Well, I sold it pretty good. Yeah, you did.
0: (laughs) I mean, I. And here we are almost 10 years later. I'm only just now actually realizing that.
1: Yeah. Fake it till you make it, they say. (laughs) No, but it wasn't even. It was just, I. I, Even when I look back and see, like, it just felt right. Like it felt like Mm. the right process. I was. When I started acting, I just did as many student films and short films as I could get my hands on and a lot of them never I never even got the footage because they were student films that just fell apart the students maybe were just screwing screwing around and never didn't take it seriously I don't know I was just but I was doing it for the experience I was doing it to meet people Mm -hmm. some of those relationships um, student films they're now working in the industry up in LA and Sometimes I'll get calls from people who have a script or they have, you know, they know somebody else who's looking for somebody. So some of those things led to some, some jobs some paying jobs years what, later. What was your first paying job? Um, I, so I did a, through Terry's class then, uh, she, we had showcases and then, um, Nancy Washburn is a, uh, talent agent in San Diego. She, her, um, oh man, talent, uh, art, art. Artist, wow! why can't even think of it. Artist management agency. Wow. Anyway, I can't even think of the the name of it. We'll look it up and put it
0: in the show notes.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, she has a, a, a talent agency that's been around for a long time. Like she's mm-hmm. one of the top talent agents in San Diego. And she oh. said, my first showcase down there. She said she saw some potential. Like. A, I'm sure it wasn't that good, but she saw potential, and so she she signed. I met with her; she signed me, and then I actually booked the first audition I went on. It was a San Diego Padres audition. I was nervous. I thought I really messed up. Well, you've got that good kind of
0: all American boy kind of look to you. Yeah, it was a you it was got that like Midwest, a, you know, every man kind of deal, you know. Get the right curl. You got a bit of that Clark Kent
1: Superman thing going. You know. Yeah. I mean, it was. I was so surprised when I booked that first one. Now potential
0: I didn't, in this business can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always about the performing.
1: Yeah, that's true. Seeing what <laughs> where I'm marketable mm-hmm. in her eyes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was like a husband and a wife that a that were season ticket holders, and we were interviewed at the stadium. That was pretty cool because of my first paying job, and then we were at the. um the new San Diego Stadium. At Peco Park. Peco Park. That was fairly new at that point. Yeah, too. it was, it was like brand new. Like a year old, two years brand old. Brand like. new. I don't remember how old it was. But it was at night, so it was closed. And they, you know, we got on a golf cart and got <laughs> shuttled through the corridors to like somewhere right by a railing with the field behind us kind of lit up. But nobody was there but, but our crew. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty cool experience. I never saw the commercial, though. I don't know if it ever <laughs> even aired. I didn't get a copy of it, and I don't even know what happened with it. That's funny. Yeah, I, it, it's everyone. A, it's it, amazing how many people don't end up ever
0: getting to see some of the things that they do. Yeah, but I, I got the check though, so <laughs> that's all that mattered. Right? <laughs> I was happy with that. <laughs> what was your first uh, film
1: that you performed in? So, uh, feature-length film. Sure. I did this one thing. I was so excited when I booked it. it. Was it was, but I ended up. It ended up being really a weird project um, because it was. I guess it was experimental for the director. He was basically trying to raise money for his film by having raffles and having different contests and a lot of the actors were paying it was kind of reality, loosely loose script. They had a format it was based on uh, it's called uh, uh, it was based on like these multi-level marketing mm-hmm. um, businesses. Mm-hmm. and so a lot of the people who ended up in the movie kind of created their own characters and kind of were the the people who were the most loudest and who created the most attention for themselves where ended up in the movie. I was on the cutting cutting room floor, as they say. So I didn't really I I never saw the movie, but I don't think I was even in it. But it was exciting to when they when I got the email that I had booked a a role in this featured film, you know. And Mm -hmm. I, I remember too that they they threw the word Miramax out so I didn't know what that meant I just I'd heard of Miramax before so I put that on my resume you know this film <laughs> that I booked is through Miramax and I remember Nancy Washburn kind of uh, she's you know she's been around a long time she she called me out on it right away she's like for one thing take this off she's like you, Miramax is not a studio this 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 just screams you know that you're Kind of inflating your credits to make because it sounds good. She she saw right through that, but it was exciting, you know, and like those little things that. It's like it's like Kinda all the it's like you. all the all, you see a lot of times. Uh, we're making a movie for
0: for the Sundance Festival, right? Like, it was that type of thing. Uh, okay, like <laughs> you, <know>. you hope, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe. It's a lot of submissions Sundance every year, right? <laughs> it was that type of thing. Where, mm-hmm. but to a new actor, you go, "Hey, I'm 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 acting in a Sundance movie, right?" And that's what they'll tell their friends because you're you right. just you don't understand the whole, it's the whole the first. Process. It's the first big burn. A lot of people in the business get yeah but like i said it 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 boosted my confidence it got me excited because that was right when i was first taking the acting classes and uh it was something that was cast down in san diego and um but it was it was uh years later before i i got another feature length film but like i said i did dozens of short films in the in the meantime Mm -hmm. either with friends i started producing my own sketch comedy show with a friend, uh, Tomer Shikori. He's back in Israel now.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: me and him worked, to, uh, I should say, he and I worked together <laughs> for uh, for a few years. Um, we got paid to do that show a little bit through Loyola Marymount University. They had a closed-circuit television network on campus, so all our right. shows were being fed into the dorms, and it was kind of fun just being recognized on campus too. Especially Tomer; he's Tomer's very unique. He's got a, a unique appearance and everything, and so he was getting noticed on, like, recognized on campus, which is pretty funny. He was kind of a little, <laughs> a little bit of a celebrity there. But um, so all these different things, just kind of one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. I worked on uh, as many things as I could do, and and after a while. Once I was getting more and more experience, then at a certain point, it started to get more discerning. Right. It, it's student When you films. start, you
0: just take anything and everything that's thrown yeah. at you. And then after a little
1: while, you start
0: going, mm, that's not really worth the time. Yeah.
1: And especially as some of the, like, the um, uh, undergrad projects would fall apart and you wasted your time and... Uh, At at different different times I've been working so I would sometimes take days off to go do things and if they you know you start realizing your time's valuable and so then it became just graduate projects Mm -hmm. you know and and even still now it's like I'm looking for paid projects Uh, you know make a a professional career out of it but I still do things you know friends uh, there's benefit in these projects you know and so if I see that I can benefit from them I'm happy to to work on things, the 48-hour film thing is a good example. Those are fun. Those are – half of it is just getting with your buddies and having right. a good time. And then you also you are also learning and you're honing your skills. And you did how many of those with me? Was it two or three? I think. It was three, right? We did
0: Lucky Numbers, The Associates, and The Gift. That's right. The Gift was National Film Challenge. That's right. It was actually a three-day competition. That's right. But those but, three. Uh, yeah. Those are pretty diverse films. Well, yeah Lucky Numbers was a musical The Associates was you and two other guys running around naked in the desert <laughs> I still can't believe you guys went in the buff for like a whole weekend <laughs> Hilarious And then uh, the gift was you and I playing Santa Claus And an elf right. trying to bust into like the world's securest house <laughs> To deliver a gift to this little girl <laughs>
1: The the funny part, going back to the associates where we're naked, as I, you know, I I had thought about would I ever do a movie where I was naked? And it's like, man, in the past, before this project, I would have said, you'd have to pay me a lot of money to be naked in a movie. (laughs) And then the ironic thing of this is not only did I do it for free because it was a fun project with, you know, like it seemed like, you know, we were had good hopes of it being a, a, a great film which you never know what's going to turn out. And when you only have 48 hours to do right. a film, but not only that, but I ended up being contributing 50 bucks to the project I, as a producer. So not only did I not get paid to be naked on film, I actually paid you guys. Like I look back on that. I go, how did I get tricked into that one? No.
0: Yeah. I actually, funny I did a Q and a, um, I think it was down at groovy, like a movie. Here in San Diego, right around that time, and it was about 48. And everybody was talking about how hard it is to get actors and how hard it is to make sure they're on time, and you can't get them to do anything. And somebody said, You know, don't even try to get them to get naked in your movie, like it's never gonna happen. Blah blah blah. blah. And I was like, Um, well, not to be contrary, but uh, my actors keep coming back. Um, they come Friday, stay until they're done, like nobody leaves, you know, so I don't have any of the scheduling problems that everybody else talks And yeah, they they all paid to be in the movie this time. They all contributed <laughs> so they could be part of it. And yeah, three of the guys were butt naked all weekend. So funny. <laughs> the, whole, the whole group that was there was just like... Seriously, you got them to pay? Like that was the part that really yeah. blew everybody away, It wasn't that anybody was naked? It was like you got them to pay <laughs> to be in your movie. I'm like, yeah, I told them all, you know, I can't foot the bill for everything. So you want to be part of the movie? You know, contribute twenty five, fifty bucks. You know, yeah. give you associate.
1: Yeah, I mean, credit, whatever. I mean, with that kind of thing, it's part of half of it. Like I said, for the fun of it, and yeah. so we have food expenses. There's yep. there's things that go into it. So you know, it's,
0: yeah, any one it's of those, any it. one of those forty eight hour weekends. You know, I'll, I'll spend anywhere from a grand to 1500 bucks just feeding the crew and getting people where they need to be, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So it, I remember, it's expensive for a short little movie that you do in a weekend. <laughs> I remember when you guys were approaching me with, with the idea and you're like, how would you feel about being naked in the desert with two other guys, this storyline we're thinking of? And I go, uh, okay. Yeah. And you go, no, you don't. You can think about this for a little bit longer. Like, I felt under pressure. Like, I remember it was in like a, the room where everybody's at, and I was like, okay, okay, sure.
0: Well, it was really funny because I, like, I did not want
1: to do that story, like, at like, all. Oh, so you were hoping. Oh, I was go hoping for it.
0: everybody would be like, <laughs> no. But we asked you and we asked Rob Day, and of course, it was Carl's idea, so he was already in, you That's know. funny. Um, and I was expecting it to be like, oh, we're going to have to pull teeth to get these guys to be naked. But it was like, we'd be naked. Yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> you know, you're not going to actually show my schlong on the screen, right? No. Right. Probably was- see your ass, but you know, eh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, damn it. It's so funny. It was too easy.
1: <laughs> this is what scares me. Is there, is there still footage from this thing? Floating around somewhere. Uh, The tapes are securely locked away. Yeah, that's the scary part.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm not going to go handing them over to TMZ or anything. (laughs) Unless, unless.
1: Unless you hit it big and then all bets are off. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I hit it. I'm always going to be nice to you, Dave, no matter what. No matter what.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what they say careful what you wish for and be careful what you put on film <laughs> man so um what was your favorite thing that you've worked on um if you can even pinpoint one thing that's your favorite thing that you work on
1: um i have a, a film i don't know how it's going to turn out but I, you know i have high hopes for it and it was really fun to shoot with uh, my buddy cord mcconnell and um, it's his first feature film. It's called Me Without You. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's uh, I have the lead role in it. So it's the first one where I'm like the lead in the in a feature. And it was just really fun. He I was working full time, so he he you know worked around my schedule, which was really nice. It was a small crew, but I think you know I think hopefully you can't tell that when you see the movie. I've seen a couple clips from the movie, and they they those turned out really well so I'm hoping that the rest of the movie kind of can have that same quality and flow there's so many factors that go into a movie being entertaining and having a good flow to it that you never know till you go yeah. it doesn't matter if you spend 200 million on a movie <laughs> we've seen some of those movies that just there's something off about them And it's right. like, well, I know. think
0: as Tom Hanks said you know every movie has three opportunities to succeed and three opportunities to completely fall apart so it can it can be amazing at the writing stage, or it can be horrible at the writing stage. But it can be salvaged or destroyed at production, and then again, it all gets reassembled and constituted and into whatever the editor finally decides the movie is at the very end. And at any one of those stages, it can be salvaged, it can be destroyed, it mm-hmm. can be made mediocre. Like, That's true. Um, you could have two of the three steps be amazing, but the movie falls flat because the third step just didn't work, mm-hmm. you know, or if the writing was bad at the start, no matter how good two and three are, it's not gonna save it you right. Know? <laughs> right um so it's like three every movie has
1: three opportunities to get to get ruined, <laughs> yeah, that's true, but that I so, saw yeah with that question i think I think that was a really fun experience we we just came together, and made that movie, and improvised. I always uh, lately, I've 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 worked on a few movies where we have a script, mm-hmm. we shoot the scenes with. Since we're shooting on digital cameras, you're not worried about. Film and the expensive film, so you can shoot away. So what we've have done on a number of projects, I think it's kind of getting to be pretty trendy. Is you shoot, you get the director feels like he got the shoot your coverage, he got the coverage, he got it, you and then the actors have a little fun. Exactly, those last takes I think are are oftentimes the ones that get used. We'll he'll, we'll just have the last take or two where it's just we we know the script, but we don't have to follow it precisely. We improvise mm-hmm. a little bit and just have fun with it and. Well, I, I kind of always
0: I, a lot. I've always had the, the the belief that if you really want your actor to come to the table with everything they've got you have to be a flexible person on how they deliver a line <laughs> you know <laughs> mm-hmm. unless it's just this line is absolutely 100% essential that it's said in this particular way right right you know um, if they want to shift a comma if they want to add a little bit you know because it makes more sense and I mean you're asking the actor to get into the mindset of the character. I think sometimes they kind of bring more to it than even the writer saw. Mm -hmm. And it's gotta be a collaboration that way. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to let the actor have some freedom to play within the context of what the character is and not always be so rigid about the, the text on the page, you know? So
1: that's my take. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So, and you're very good at that, like making an actor feel comfortable Enough and confident enough that they're doing a good job, and then it gives you. That's just going to make you give a better performance. I appreciate that. The envelope with the cash is by the front door for okay, you freely. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> but um, so that that was a really great experience, me without you, and I hope the movie turns out well. But really, who's the director on that? His name's Cord McConnell. Cord his, McConnell. He's done music videos and he's done uh, short films, and but this is his first feature that he's uh, written and directed and um, but so many, I mean, I'm not, maybe uh, that's coming to my mind because that's one of the more recent things I've worked on because mm-hmm. I have so much fun and uh, like learn a lot. And I've had a lot of great experiences on so many of those films that I worked on through well, the year. Well, hopefully I think it, it, if it's, a, if it's all about, Building on
0: experiences, hopefully each experience is a little better than the one before. You learn something new each time, and Mm -hmm. you're more comfortable. Hopefully, and you know, hopefully that's just the case. Is every project theoretically is better than the one you did before?
1: Exactly. I watch some of my the things I I did when I first started. I you know booked these student films or these graduate projects, and I watch them now, and I'm like, man, that's a really cool story. I wish I could redo that because i'm so bad in that film but it's just part of the part of the process yeah every once in a while
0: i i encourage myself and and my team members you know my my brother-in-law who's my dp and my sister who's my co-producer and she's directing now too but every once in a while i'm like let's just sit back sit down and like go through our film catalog and watch all the stuff that we've done and kind of Remember where we came from and how far we've come, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes that's really helpful for us because we start getting really critical about the latest movie we've done, and we can't really appreciate how good it is, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Until I sit this all down, and go look at what we've done,
1: <laughs> look yeah. how
0: far it's come. Oh yeah, this movie really does kick ass. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's like that's true. Every once in a while, you got to go back and like remind yourself where you were, mm-hmm. so you can appreciate where you are. It's and funny. know that. Where you're going is
1: on track. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny because as artists, we're always. Doesn't matter how good. It doesn't matter how good it is. We're always going to be critical. Like mm-hmm. we want it to be, get better. And the other part is what you with film. I think with what you envision, it's going to be. It's hard sometimes to uh, for your project to kind of live up to what you hoped it was going to be and it's just that's a constant struggle there's so many variables involved yeah
0: it's it's damn near impossible for any movie to come out exactly the way anybody imagined it to be before they started Mm -hmm. so well we got just a few minutes before i've got to shut this podcast down to get on to another one that i'm doing on the phone um dodgeball Oh uh, yeah. I, I've seen your posts <laughs> on Facebook. You're wearing the t shirt. Uh, I have watched the movie. <laughs> I have to <laughs> say I'm addicted to You're addicted ball. to dodgeball.
1: Yeah. How did you get into doing dodgeball up in LA? My buddy Tori, he's uh he about two and a half years ago, no three years ago now, he asked me if I wanted to sub on his dodgeball team. And I go, What what you mean dot you mean like dodgeball where like we played when we were kids? He goes, Yeah, twenty on twenty seven balls, throw it. People catch them. I go, oh, yeah. I mean, that sounds like a <laughs> lot of fun. I was so good. I was the best. And it's funny. Every, when I tell people now that I, that I play dodgeball over half the people go, Oh man, I was the best. I was like the best one in my class at that game. I think everybody has this delusion <laughs> that they were the best in dodgeball, but, uh, it's really fun. It's coed dodgeball. And, uh, the girls are really good at it as well. It's a fun sport in that regard, because many sports, um, unless the just because of the way physically we're built, unless the girls are really stand out, it's hard to be on the same level. Mm-hmm. And there's very few girls that will. But with dodgeball, it's really a sport that you can find your own niche. You don't have to be necessarily a hard thrower. If you can time you your throws. You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge if, a ball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a <laughs> ball. You know, and you, some some people get really good at catching, and so that's their specialty. And other people just shagging balls. There's a lot of strategy people don't realize with dodgeball. And so you know, ball control is important. Whatever team can control the balls, majority of the game are going to have – those numbers are going to work in their favor. So, yeah, I got addicted. I played – at one point I was playing I think four nights a week. Now <laughs> I'm, I cut it back to two nights. Well, maybe if we ever get to
0: the point where we're expanding the network out into a YouTube channel – Kind of deal. Maybe we'll do a dodgeball tournament show.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we can bring in a bunch of people. Oh, and- um, there's a lot of interesting people in the, the LA dodgeball scene too. <laughs> That's hilarious. So- Have you? I I know you're not quite into all the
0: the podcast world that I am. Have you seen um, the YouTube channel for the Nerdist? No, I've heard of this, okay. but I don't. The Nerdist—they've got a—they've got a show on their YouTube channel. It's called All Star Celebrity Bowling. Okay, and so the hosts of the Nerdist various shows on the Nerdist Network, and they actually bowl against like the cast of Breaking Bad and the MythBusters, <laughs> nice, <laughs> like, whatever. And they bowl for charity. You know, whichever team wins, they, they give the money to the charity. But. <laughs> It's uh, it's hilarious. They don't find a way to make this a podcast, do they? It's a video oh, okay. it's a video series on their I on their see. YouTube channel. Okay. It's so funny. But the shows That's are cool. all like ten minutes apiece. You know, they're short, uh huh, easy to digest, uh-huh. but they're really great. We could do we could do the dodgeball yeah. version of that. I think so. <laughs> that would be amazing. I think so. <laughs> Something to think about for the future. All right. As we grow the network out. Josh's All Star Celebrity Dodgeball. (laughs) That's awesome. I
1: like that
0: idea. Well, Josh, I look forward to your show launching, and uh, I will come and guest on your show and help get you started. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll announce here on the Intellectual and on the Intellectual Network uh, website um, when your show is going live, and everybody can join in as you kind of explore that world of you know, making it in Hollywood mm-hmm. on your show. Excellent. And right. I, I really look forward to following your, your show and seeing where things go. Excellent. I think those discussions are going to be really interesting to a lot of people. I think so too. I appreciate that. So, cool. Great. And, uh, thank you all for listening to the intellectual and, uh, we've got more coming at you, more shows, more podcasts on this show. Uh, just keep staying tuned to the intellectual.com. We'll see y'all later. Bye.